Kale and Company, weekday mornings, 6 till 10. Kale and Company, rolling on, 855-839-1210. Get us on the free Odyssey app. Watch us live on YouTube. Morning mystery movie clip in about 17 minutes. Cut sheet part due. Uh, and then also at the bottom of the hour, you might recall during the pandemic, um, CNN had Dr. Sanjay Gupta. He was plastered yes. all over the TV. I mean, if you think Vivek Ramaswamy loves himself some TV camera time, you haven't seen anything until you've seen Sanjay Gupta during the pandemic. Uh, but apparently he says something that I think will validate a belief I've had for a long time. It's maybe the first time me and uh, Sanjay Gupta, Sanjay Gupta and I, oh, I should no. say, have actually agreed on one story. So uh, we will get to that coming up at the bottom of the hour before the cut sheet part due. Uh, but a couple of things I want to point out here um, from the weekend when it comes to, and I thought Bill Maher, and I gave you a little bit of Bill Maher on um, the big take this morning. If you missed the big take, it was talking about uh, the right to free speech, the First Amendment, how Joe Biden and his administration are now going to the Supreme Court in Biden v. Missouri with the censoring of Americans during the pandemic on social media. And then on the flip side of things, Donald Trump being silenced and suppressed uh, and his free speech rights when it comes to all of his court cases. So we kind of compared those two different um, ways a current president and a former president are operating. And I tied in a little bit of Bill Maher with how Harvard University is the uh, least likely institution in America to value free speech. And I'll give you a little bit more of Bill Maher. You'll hear from him in just a few moments uh, when it comes to colleges, because this first story uh, originated from college. And I'm not sure if anybody actually was paying attention to this on Saturday. There was a lot of great college football games. And Air Force and um, I forget who it was, another another academy. It wasn't, uh, wasn't Navy. Um, but they had a college football game. And earlier this year, I think it was Labor Day weekend, the Air Force Academy football team rolled out a uniform that was a tribute and a homage to Pearl Harbor and those that lost their lives on December 7th, 1941. And I'll give you the backstory as to what the uniforms and what the meaning behind them is in a second, but the left lost their mind over the uniforms back in week one of the college football season, Labor Day weekend. And Air Force, and this is this is the lesson to be learned here, when the left gets outraged and wants to cancel something, you stand up and fight back and push back and shove it down their throat. So that's what Air Force did this past weekend as they rolled out their uniforms. So it was against Navy uh, this past weekend. And the uniforms are symbolic because it goes back to when Japan bombed Pearl Harbor on December 7th, 1941, and killed thousands of people. Um, and this is the Doolittle Raid. If you've ever uh, you know, watched a movie on it or you learned in history class about the Doolittle Raid, so just a little backstory on this, the surprise attack that obviously drew America into World War II, and then you had 16 B-25 bombers, which were launched to strike Tokyo. Seven men paid the ultimate price on the raid, including three that were executed by the Japanese. Other crew members fled into hiding after crashing their bombers. The 1942 operation, while limited in scope, showed the Japanese that the United States was already back on its feet and willing to fight. That's what Air Force was honoring this past Saturday and also in week one on Labor Day when they took on Navy. 
And if people want to kick and scream about America dropping bombs on Japan in World War II, well, the Air Force Academy basically said you can throw all the temper tantrums that you want, but this is about fighting for America. So it's very interesting when we talk about college kids and, and, and young people and Gen Z. So they are um, they're outraged <laughs> over America bombing Japan. They're outraged over Israel fighting back against Hamas. They are very pro-Palestinian, pro-Gaza in their cause. And they were triggered by this over the weekend, to which I say, good, go pound sand. I love watching the military academies play football. And when they wear uniforms that are honoring those lost in battle, so slap nuts on you know social media can post their ridiculous opinions uh, like the Gen Z loves to do. That's what they're fighting for. So I'm glad that Air Force did not back down to the woke mob and the outrage from the first time they rolled these uniforms out. And they brought them back a second time, which leads me to Bill Maher. And look, I, I don't think that most of us agree with Bill Maher on a lot of politics. But one thing that Bill Maher is very much against, he's very much against cancel culture he believes in free speech, and he knows that today's youths in college are a bunch of uneducated snowflakes. I want to play this for you. This is Bill Maher uh, mocking Ivy League schools for their indoctrination and how stupid they have looked with a lot of their anti-Israel hate. Take a listen. Here's Bill from Real Time on Friday night on HBO. And finally, Nuru, as an Ivy League graduate who knows the value of a liberal education, I have one piece of advice for the youth of America. Don't go to college. <laughs> and if you absolutely have to go, don't go to an elite college, because as recent events have shown, it just makes you stupid. <laughs> There are few, if any, positives to come out of what happened in Israel, but one of them is opening America's eyes to how higher education has become indoctrination into a stew of bad ideas, among them the simplistic notion that the world is a binary place where everyone is either an oppressor or oppressed, in the case of Israel, oppressors being babies and bubbas. The same students who will tell you that words are violence and silence is violence were very supportive when Hamas terrorists went on a rape and murder rampage worthy of the Vikings. They knew where to point the fingers at the murdered, and then it was off to ethics class. <laughs> now, a little hesitant. <laughs> now, I recognize that a certain amount of foolishness is expected of college kids, but Mixing Jägermeister and tomato juice isn't the same as siding with terrorists. <laughs> 34 student groups at Harvard signed a letter that said the apartheid regime is the only one to blame, proving they don't know what constitutes apartheid. They don't know much of anything, actually. But it doesn't deter them from having an opinion. They've convinced themselves Israel is the most repressive regime in history because they have no knowledge of history or even a desire to know it. And actual history doesn't come up in their intersectionality of politics and gender queer identities class. <laughs> now, to be fair, at least five of the student groups have rescinded what they signed, saying they didn't read the letter closely. <laughs> and they promised not to make that mistake again after they graduate and start running the world. <laughs> 
So, you know, there's a lot of things I disagree with Bill Maher on, but I tell you what, when you have somebody that is as liberal as he is in an old-school, classic kind of way, coming out and saying colleges are now about, uh, now about indoctrination, that's not coming from Tucker Carlson, that's not coming from Nick Kale, that's not coming from anybody on the other side of the political spectrum, so to speak. That's coming from a guy who's very left on a lot of issues, and he is now pointing out just the absurd nature and the absurd world we are living in with colleges, where they basically create this mentality, you are either the oppressor or the oppressed, you are either the victim or you're the one doing the victimizations and the victimizing, and we live in a world where the left is more bothered by words than they are actions. I would like to think that, and, and I don't think, you, you look, you're never going to change colleges and universities. If anything, it's gone further and further left, as we have seen in recent weeks with the anti-Israel rhetoric. But I would like to think that maybe there is going to be a point where when we look at a lot of these, indoc- like, you know, and let's let's even localize it. Let's bring it back to you know school boards, uh, Bucks County, Moms for Liberty. When, when these individuals go to these school board meetings, or the Meg Brocks of the world post on Twitter that they're indoctrinating our students, you know, you have a lot of people that are against that that uh, that disagree with Meg Brock and say, "Oh, it's just a right wing talking point." Well, is it a right wing talking point when Bill Maher says it? Because I would argue that that is not the case at all. That I think most parents, and hopefully more and more, will will push back against this. And I'm not talking about not sending your kid to Harvard, because odds are you can't afford it anyway. Uh, I'm not talking about not sending your kids to college specifically, because yes, while trade schools are great and community college offers great value, and going into the workforce is still a, an interesting thing at 18, and you can work your way up and you know get a high-paying job, I mean, there's no shortcut to being a doctor. There's no shortcut to being a lawyer. If you want to be a school teacher, you know, odds are you have to like some of these professions, there's no way of avoiding college, right? You ha- that that's the path you have to take if you want to get the job that you want to get one day. But I'd like to think we're getting at a point as the Biden administration um winds down their first term and hopefully their only term that maybe this indoctrination concept will stop being labeled right wing and be branded as just pro common sense pro-parent, pro, hey, let's teach our children what they need to be taught that our tax dollars are going for. And I think Bill Maher is also in, in agreement with many of us that, um, you know, there's only two genders. There's not 12 genders. Uh, you know, you, you can't be something that, you know, there's no outcome for surgically when the doctors do reassignment surgery. You know, I love how there's 12 genders, but when you're a guy and you go to the doctor and say, make me a girl, the doctor says, well, there's only one of two things you can be. So um, I thought that was worth sharing because I just love seeing how triggered some of these youngsters are on the left, especially like Saturday morning. I'm sitting there, I'm drinking a cup of coffee, I'm, I'm putting my bets in for college football, and I see this story about how triggered they were over Air Force wearing uniforms that honored an operation, a, a counterattack, a, a response by the American military. So, you know, if you think about it, you bring this back full circle here to Israel and Hamas, and we're talking about ceasefires, so then you, the individual out there that was triggered over the Air Force jerseys, you, you were saying basically there should be a ceasefire. America shouldn't have responded. After Japan drops a bomb on us, we shouldn't respond. And then we shouldn't honor those that risk their lives responding by, by way of a silly jersey 
in football. And I tweeted out the picture of the jersey over the weekend. If you didn't know the backstory to the jersey, you would have no idea. You'd be like, well, what's the big deal? Why is everybody up in a fuss about this? So I figured that was something we could throw out for a couple of minutes here because um, I'm hoping we're getting to the point where the pendulum starts to swing back. And I think to some extent we have seen that, and it is swinging back towards the middle and a more rational, sound, logical place. But there's always going to be that vocal minority, right? Like the 16% that are still not pro-Israel in their support for the Middle East conflict. Or there's always going to be those loud vocal minority squad Dem members like the Ilhan Omars and many on the far left. And I'm talking about the radical progressive fringe element that has hijacked the Democrat Party. There's always going to be that group that continues to play the uh, oppressor and oppressed card, which is so exhausting and fatiguing at this point. Uh, but I'd like to think that we're, we're slowly kind of chopping away and chiseling away at that that absurd stuff that has really ran rampant the last three and a half years. But to be honest, it's been going on for much longer than that. 855-839-1210 is the number if you want to jump in. Uh, and then at the bottom of the hour, actually, you know what? Can I, can I get to this now? Because I know we have a lot of cut sheet material, um, and we're probably going to get to that for part due uh, coming up in a little bit. Let me just say this. This is a great story. I was going to save this for 930, but we got about three or four minutes here. So during the pandemic, I told you, Sanjay Gupta from CNN, he was all over the TV. He was not an infectious disease doctor. I actually think he's, he's a neurosurgeon, and he's done um, surgical procedures for people with their back as well. Somehow he became like CNN's doctor of choice on TV when they weren't trotting out Tony Fauci all the time. But he is apparently, according to the Wall Street Journal, which is certainly not a left-leaning publication, the most famous neurosurgeon in the country. And Dr. Sanjay Gupta has said, you absolutely will benefit from taking, not the COVID vaccine, not the booster, from taking a nap. As somebody, I mean, I can't believe I'm saying, I can't believe I'm saying this today. I have been on the same page today with Sanjay Gupta and Jake Tapper. I don't know what that says about me or occasionally these people will see the light of day and realize that people like Nick Hale know what they're talking about. But Dr. Sanjay Gupta thinks that you should take a nap. And I bring this up because Dawn brought up taking a nap earlier today on the show when we were talking about the Phillies and the late games and, you know, the late game for the Eagles last night. But he has now arrived at the conclusion that it's not a myth and that that taking a nap every single day can be beneficial to you. And he goes on to say that anywhere in the range of 30 to 75 minutes is something that you should absolutely work into your weekly routine because it helps you relieve stress, be more, um, quote, at your peak optimal performance in long days, in day and age where many Americans have a second or a third job. Now, I I will say this. I have tried the 30-minute nap, and there's no way you can really do that. Because, I mean, if you're not setting your alarm, I mean, again, like, it takes people, what, 10, 15, 20 minutes to fall asleep, and then, what, you... How do you wake yourself up naturally, organically, without an alarm? Your body clock, the whole bit. Like, I think I could actually get up at 4.15 each day now without an alarm. My body's just ready to go after being asleep for six or seven hours. But I actually think, and this is where I push back on the science, I don't think 60 or 90 minutes is a bad thing. Very beneficial. Two hours is too much. Occasionally, I grab one for two hours, and I am groggy as hell when I get up. Like, I could drink an eight-ounce Red Bull and still 
be a little um, foggy. I'm like Joe Biden if I go two-hour nap. But 60, 75, 90 minutes, the ideal time. So let me ask you this. And I know, Dawn, you have a very busy life. You've got kids. You've got the husband, the whole bit. When's the last time you actually took a nap? I don't know. Greg, when's the last time you took I, a nap? I, I can't, have you taken a nap I when Dylan's nap. gone down? I don't have time for a nap. Not even on the weekend? You don't grab like a, a 75-minute no. snoozer? Nope. Really? Uh, I do it uh, I every once in a while, every once in a blue moon. I'll have, you know, there'll be a day where I just can't, like, I need to completely decompress. So I'll just kind of, it's not really a nap. I just kind of sit in the dark for like 35 <laughs> minutes and kind of just look up at the ceiling. <laughs> so it's not really a way to, uh, like, I don't shut my eyes. and Well, I do shut my eyes, but I don't, like, fall asleep. I just, I just kind of, I just need silence because there's just there's just a lot of talking that goes on throughout my life. Yeah, and I of course. Just need, well, you, know, you work and talk radio. <laughs> exactly. W- whether it's this job, whether it's the job I have after I get off the air at 10 o'clock, I just need silence yeah. for, you know, silence. 40 minutes or uh-huh. so. So every once in a while, I will just kind of, I call it meditating, um, but it's really just me kind of just, uh, you know, okay. in silence in the dark. All right. Sanjay Gupta says researchers make the case that people who nap regularly and had a specific length of nap had increased brain volume, brain volume, so I guess the amount of information you're capable of carrying around with you, versus those who did not nap regularly. And this was regardless of how much you slept at night. Now we don't know what that increased brain volume really means tangibly the best benefit of taking a nap is that for a period of time you're not stressed the same way that you are most of the rest of the day stress in and of itself is not a problem it's the relentless nature of stress naps as it turns out are a really good way to get a reliable break so if you can't actually nap and then get back up and see that's the thing i think the nap is what gets me to 9 30 10 o'clock at night most nights if we're watching a Phillies playoff game or an Eagles Monday night, Sunday night game. Like, if that's a work day and I don't get the nap, I'm telling you, by like 6.30, 7 o'clock, it's not that I can't function. I'm just a miserable human being. So I I learned quickly when I first started doing mornings in Nashville in 2018 Mm -hmm. that if I was going to be remotely pleasant to be in front of my daughters and my wife after they get off the school, after they because I've I've been going for four hours longer than they've been up, like, I need that nap, or else I'm going to be, like, short-fused and have a short temper, and I don't want to be like that. So um, that's the nap story for you, Dr. Sanjay Gupta. I think Greg is right that I would say, even though I'm not a napper, per se, to me, I have to go. For me, it's getting outside, no matter what the weather's like, mm-hmm. and just getting, I take Buddy out, a little walk in the Wissahickon, or even in the backyard. Sure. And kind of, to Greg's point, just kind of zone out, you know what I mean? Just, just listen just to the trees and the nature and the birds yeah well that's good for you too i'm you know i'm just picturing greg sitting there on his bed in the pitch dark just staring up at the ceiling saying god help me what am i doing <laughs> what am i done with my life uh gmail on the youtube chat says studies have shown that long naps during the day are more are, are more likely to have diabetes heart disease and depression okay well i've got two of those three uh, there's no <laughs> doubt about it I'll, i'm probably going to end up having a heart issue it's hereditary oh boy uh and, and same with diabetes depression not so much i'm a very happy person but um, i think if you tried a 10 to 15 minute nap nick you would find that power nap is more effective than the 60 to 90 minutes. it probably is i just don't know how you execute it 
So, like, if I go down for my nap at 12 o'clock and I set my alarm for 12.17 or 12.28, I just feel like I'm automatically... It's like it's like when you know you have to wake up and you're yeah. counting down the, the minutes to the alarm going off and you have to get out of bed and you just can't shut yes. your brain off. I just I just set it for 90 minutes, and usually I wake up at like 75 minutes, and I just get up and get going again, turn the alarm off, you know, grab a Celsius or whatever, and then start preparing for the next show. What's a Celsius? It's a healthier Red Bull. It's a Red Bull with no sugar, basically. Oh, for God's sake. Yeah. It's, a, it's more of like a, uh, it's not organic by any stretch. It's just a better... I'm going to come over to your house, and we're going to sit down, you and I, and I'm just going to go through your stare, fridge. And we're going to stare in the dark together? I'm going I'm I'm to I'm I'm go in your fridge, and I'm going to say, this, all right, this needs to go. Very this healthy fridge. I have a very healthy fridge. Yeah. All other, I hear... Other than energy, drink, and alcohol. But, that's, that's <laughs> but, but that's all I hear from you, is energy, drink, and alcohol, and pizza Fridays. Well, it's part of the brand. What, me eating a um, a turkey and cheese on whole wheat with avocado, which I do three or four times a week, or having some sushi. That's good for uh, you. Grilled chicken, grilled fish. I eat, I eat clean five out of uh, five or seven, six days a week. It's just, it's that's those aren't the things you, che- you right. choose to discuss. Well, yeah. Is basically where you're yeah, The audience isn't going to okay. respond to that. They want to hear me talking about booze and pizza. People don't understand, though, how, how god-awful it is getting up at the hours that we... Yeah, I don't mind. Just, I don't mind not, it. it. But it's not normal. No, the body is the body is not meant to get up when we get up. No, we we essentially get up in the middle of the night. The only time I hate it is in February. Well, I mean, when it's when it is dark, it's cold, it's gray. There's rock salt on the road. That's when I want to put a gun in my mouth. <laughs> but other than that, I like getting up early. All right, uh, nine twenty-two. Let's get to our morning mystery movie clip. And now. The Morning Mystery Movie Clip on Kalen Company. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. You know the best part? I can get over it because I am a Red Sox fan. I mean, I'm tough. I've been through a lot in this park, man. I can take this because I am bulletproof. About this, a four pack of tickets to the battleship New Jersey in Camden, New Jersey. If you are caller 12 right now, 855 839 1210, little baseball tie in with that movie. Little hint for you, caller 12 855 839 1210, four pack of tickets to the battleship New Jersey in Camden, New Jersey. If you can identify that movie clip, we'll come back, get our winner, get to part due of the cut sheet. All still on the way. And by the way, we got to make a Phillies uh, prediction today. Uh, as I'll lose more money to either Greg or Dorn. But that's fine. We're back after this here on Kale & Company. Stay right there. This is the Kale & Company podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and on the free Odyssey app. Monday morning, Nick, Dawn, and Greg. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Get us on the free Odyssey app. Watch us live on YouTube. YouTube.com slash at 1210 WPHT. Hit the like and subscribe buttons. Cut sheet part two in about six minutes. 
Also, this story that I I want to challenge the way people spend money on their workday. Because I think this number is a little bit too high. Uh, so we'll get to that in just a moment. What do you mean spend money on their workday? Well, report finds employees are spending about $51 a day working at the office. I'm going to try to shave some dollars off of this this total. $51 a day? Yeah. It sounds a little high to me. Wow. I think people are a little too loose with their money, but we'll get to that in a moment. Okay. Uh, Brian is in West Berlin. He's our morning mystery movie clip winner. Brian, good morning. What movie clip did we play for you about five minutes ago, buddy? Good morning. It was Fever Pitch. Yeah. Woo! Fever Pitch. Woo! A little baseball yeah! action. Fever Pitch. There you go, Brian. <laughs> Congratulations. See? Thank you, Brian. Look yes. at him. He, he... You got it, man. We got the Phillies on tonight, and we're going to win it. Wow. How about that? Look at that. And you got yourself a four-pack of tickets to the Battleship New Jersey. Awesome. Thank you very much. You got it, Brian. Appreciate it. you playing. See, we asked for we asked for some uh, good reaction. We get it. Yeah, I, know. I like it. Not I somebody like that it. comes on half dead, yeah. sounding like uh, you know Dorenzo uh, on a Saturday morning. Uh, fever pitch. Uh, fever pitch. Uh, you win tickets to see the battleship or cool. to the battleship New Jersey. Huh? Cool. Uh, thanks, bro. Thanks, man. Appreciate That's that, man. Cool, man. Yeah, great. By the way, fever Thank pitch. That, Jimmy Fallon's in that, I believe. And Drew Barrymore, right? Yeah, I've got no. I don't. I don't like that movie one bit. I mean, it's it's all about the Red Sox fandom. It, it, Who cares? It, I know. And also the the Sweet Caroline song at the baseball yeah, game. Hideous. Little overrated, in hideous. my opinion. Hideous. I would say what the Phillies do with dancing on our own, much better. Well, you sound like a Homer now, there, buddy. Well, I am. <laughs> I am. There's no doubt about it. I hate the Red Sox. Um, so this this is um, this is staggering to me. Mm. Uh, report finds that employees spend about fifty one dollars a day working at the office. The report found that employees working at the office pay about $51 a day on the following expenses. $14 to commute, so we're talking about your gas. I got that, no doubt about it. $8 for parking, $13 on breakfast and or coffee, and $16 on lunch. So I have no issue with the $14 for the commute. I get it. Gas is expensive, about three sixty-five or so a gallon uh, at my near uh, Wawa in Bluebell. I get that. $8 for parking. Okay. I would argue that more people than not do not have to pay to park. Like, I mean, if you're a teacher, if you're, if you're a, a nurse, if, you're a, if you work at a dental office, I think most people, when they arrive at their job, Unless they are in like a parking garage that like here at Odyssey, we have a garage and some people actually have to pay, even though they come to work, they have to pay to park. I, I don't think that that's the majority of people, though. I think most people can park for free. That might be a pain in the butt. You might have to find street parking. Um, but I don't know that everybody is paying to park on a daily basis. It's a great. That's a great Am I, am I, is that you think that's fair? Fair no, to say? I, I think most people do not pay to park. Okay, yes. I would agree with that. And then breakfast, uh, breakfast slash coffee, thirteen dollars, sixteen dollars a day at lunch. Here's the thing: why are you? And, and, and look, I was guilty of this for a long time. Like I, you know, when I was actually when I was doing mornings in Nashville, there was a uh, a Starbucks that opened up at four thirty, and I would go through the drive through every morning. And then it finally just dawned on me in the last two years, like, I am not going to spend $5.25 a day for a cup of coffee. It's, it's, it's pure insanity. Yeah. So now I bring coffee from home. I get two jugs of this cold brew. I get a giant two forty-six uh, ounce jugs for 10 bucks. I get about six days of work for $10 in coffee as opposed to paying 5 bucks a day. 
and then $16 for lunch. I think people, we've made it so convenient for people to order delivery with Uber Eats, DoorDash, all these other companies. And we, we just now live in a world where I think the phone, Apple Pay, the Apple Wallet. It's just too easy. It's, we don't even realize that we're giving away our cash. I agree with you. So I agree with you. I think if you're spending $51 a day at work, you better be making four or $500 a day in salary to justify that, or you're just giving away your money. Yeah. But I think, aren't they figuring in commuters and tolls? Like, if, like a lot of people have moved out of, let's say, New York City, mm-hmm. um, and so they now have to commute back in. The tolls, yeah. just the tolls. Which are outrageous. In and out are crazy. Yes. So... So tolls are very expensive. Some things you can't avoid, right? Like you can't avoid the gas. You can't avoid the tolls. Uh, You know, really, I mean, yes, you could take the long road and go take the scenic back, but it's going to take you forever to get there. Um, But like the breakfast, the lunch, and then I, again, I don't think most people pay to park, but like stop spending all this money. Like I know my buddy, he left working in retail and he now works for a paycheck, a paycheck, um, a payroll company. They have, um, you know, all these, like it's in a huge building they have a catered breakfast downstairs. You still have to pay for it. Same thing with lunch. Like, whatever happened to the old adage of, you know, just getting your breakfast, eating it in the car while you're driving to work from home, and then packing your lunch like kids do for school? Like $16 a day for lunch. Oh, I'm going to order Jimmy John's today. I'm going to go down to this local, grab a bagel, and then, you know, it adds up. So, mm-hmm. I yeah, I, I would agree with you that it it is, it you know, because everything's on our phone now it, it is easier to just <clears throat> swipe something and be like oh, i just do apple pay with this and you know what i mean and then you get the bill you're like oh what did i spend 51 dollars a month or, I think, or yeah a day on and it's it's uh i think you, you know, feel the pain more when you hand over actual cash i agree you know so. even even with a i mean it started with the credit card the debit card actually you, you know you just debit everything yep that's not actually physically giving away cash mm-hmm um, and then you move to the phone, right. which is way easier. Yep. You have no idea. Like, yeah, ten bucks here, eight bucks there, nine bucks there. Yep. And you don't even realize how much. Yeah, there is a benefit. I think, even though I like the mm-hmm. uh, being able to uh, the ease to just you know buy something and have it at my house the next day, which is lovely. Yeah. <laughs> um, there is something about physically handing somebody cash. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, oh, how much did I spend on that? Right. Do I really need that? Right. I mean, the average American makes $56,000 a year, if I recall correctly. That is just about what, $27, $28 an hour. So you are basically, let's, let's say you make $25 an hour. Mm-hmm. Two of your eight hours a day, you have already spent if you're spending $51 <laughs> a day. That's pre-tax before yeah. Uncle Sam gets his cut. Yep. No wonder why we're all broke. I think, look, you know, there's a push to make it a cashless society, mm-hmm. and I think that's by design. Of course. Because they want people in debt and, yeah. you know, in, in... And they want to track and n- trace everything. Not knowing what you're spending on what. That's you right. You know, like, the, the government does that all the time. Like, mm-hmm. $100 billion here, $10 billion there. Yep. You know, it's all, it's all meaningless because... It's like this never-ending. It's like the uh, it's the Apple Pay of the government. That's correct. You know what I mean. So yes, indeed. Um, yeah, I think there's something to paying cash for things, even though I never have cash or I pay ca- cash for anything. So. I wasn't allowed cash for 20 years. Kristen just said this is, <laughs> it's a non-negotiable. <laughs> there you go. All right, 9:39. Let's get to what's on the cut sheet, part two. What's on 
on the cut sheet. Hi, dude. What's on the Cut Sheet Part 2 is sponsored by Consumer Cellular. Consumer Cellular offers the exact same nationwide 5G coverage as the major carriers, even in bumper-to-bumper traffic. Their 100% U.S.-based support is just a click or call away, plus activation is always free. Visit ConsumerCellular.com, ConsumerCellular.com to switch today. Thank you, Consumer Cellular, for sponsoring What's on the Cut Sheet Part 2. Last night on MSNBC, they had, it was just a pure pro Hamas show with Mehdi Hassan and AOC um, talking about war crimes are not an appropriate response for other war crimes. We're we're showing this false equivalence Uh between what Israel is doing and what Hamas is doing. They love to see, they love to look both sides on this this issue. Nothing else they do, but this one they love to. Of course. AOC from last night. The asymmetry of what is going on, uh, as well as the collective punishment of what is happening to the Palestinian people at this moment. Hamas has absolutely engaged in horrific attacks. But every single day, but uh, there are more details um, that are released about what occurred on October 7th that shocks the human consciousness. But and um, and and shocks our conscience, our collective conscience. Mm -hmm. However, we do know as well that war crimes do not constitute and are not an appropriate response for other war crimes. Uh, Hamas's hostage taking, uh, their hostage taking of children, of the disabled, elderly, civilians are a war crime. But when we are talking about the blockading of water, oh, for food, God's sake. electricity mm. to a population of 2.2 million Palestinians. We are talking about dropping what we're seeing from Human Rights Watch reports and confirmation um, from organizations like Amnesty International and Human Rights Watch, the dropping and deployment of white phosphorus, which is also a war crime. It is unacceptable to think that 1,700 Palestinian children alone, that their deaths will somehow make up for or justify the violence of what we saw. So what should so what yeah. should Israel do? So AOC is basically saying, well, Hamas doesn't play by the rules, but we should not stoop to their level and disregard our rules. Again, AOC is probably one of the people that is outraged over the Air Force Academy wearing those football uniforms <laughs> back from Pearl Harbor. Like again, you can't negotiate with with terrorists. You can't negotiate with crazy. And we played you that long extended clip where Trey Yinkst said it was so graphic it wasn't suitable for television mm-hmm. based on what this captured Hamas terrorist said in an interrogation room to Israeli interrogators where he basically said, "Yo, the rules are you don't kill children and women." But this time around they said, "Have a blast. Do whatever the hell you want." By the way, wh- why are they why are they withholding uh electricity and and water and food there? Cuz they want them to leave. Mm-hmm. They're, they're telling you, hey, guys, right. we're going to bomb the S out of this area. Yep. So you might want to leave. Mm-hmm. That's telling them to leave. That's not, you know what I mean? Like, They've been given ample warning. They've been given warning. Right. How much more can they do? Yes. Anybody that's still around that ends up a, a casualty um, inadvertently, so to speak, like at this point, I would say it's on you. I mean, you had two weeks. Uh, I'm going to continue a little bit more from this cut there, Natasha. Okay. On October 7th. 
You know, here in Congress, every single year we pass a defense budget and every single year we hear about the precision, the, the sophistication, the technological capacities uh, to meet targets with such precise strikes. And yet what we are seeing unfold in Gaza is an indiscriminate bombing campaign. We are seeing the dropping of white phosphorus, an indiscriminate weapon. We are seeing civilian centers being bombed. We are seeing churches. We are seeing thousands upon thousands of people being killed by these strikes. And it uh, it occurs to me, and I think a question that we all must ask ourselves, is what price of innocent life oh is Lord. acceptable <laughs> in terms of targeting Hamas? And are we even receiving? We are receiving daily counts every day by the number of innocent people that are dying. We are not seeing reports on how effective this has actually been in terms of dismantling Hamas. I think it's very important for us to raise that point. And I think it's also very important for us to understand that this is part of a larger intergenerational cycle of violence. I just look, I'm I know where she's coming at this from. She's you know, I, I don't want war. I don't want war. I don't want the the U.S. to get involved in this. But there comes a point where you have to look at at the Israelis and say, what are like, what are yeah. they supposed to do? They're right. damned if they do. They're damned if they don't. Right. And again, this is, you know, we're not sitting here saying the U.S. should send troops, but Israel with their people there, go, go right back at them. Yeah. Retaliate. They just killed 1,400 people. So MSNBC has actually fallen off in the ratings during this war coverage. Yes. We gave you the ratings. They're down about 33% because right there they are. That's the Hamas mm-hmm. propaganda right there. Exactly. That's AOC. When you keep putting up squad Dems on TV, mm-hmm. and oh, by the way, Mehdi Hassan has made his stance very clear on this issue. Mm-hmm. And w- there was another story. We never got to it last week, but the problem facing MSNBC is because you, you employ Mehdi Hassan, who's been very pro-Palestinian cause. And there's, I think there might be another host or two on that network that is as well. They sidelined them. Yeah, they've kind of put it, put they, themselves in a corner. They took them off the air yeah. because the, the the news coverage was way too, you know what I mean? Like, Slanted? Yeah. So they, they, they took them off the air for a short time. Which really speaks volumes when MSNBC, which is known for extremely slanted coverage, says... Yeah. Well, maybe we should take somebody because you're a little bit too far. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. All right, that'll do it for part two of the cut sheet. We'll come back, wrap it up, find out uh, what's on tap for the Dawn Show about 13 minutes out from now, and who won Twitter today, as well as our Phillies game six prediction. Does anybody on the show actually have the nerve to take the Diamondbacks? I don't know that they do, but we'll find out. And we're back after this on Kale and Company. It's Kale and Company on demand. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the free Odyssey app. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We will find out who on Twitter today in just a moment. And also give our Game 6 Phillies predictions in a moment as well. First pitch 507 today. Once again, we get bumped out of primetime. Astros Rangers at 807, huh? Oh, well. I mean, I mean... It's game seven. Yeah, I was just going to say it's game yeah. seven. Wouldn't, wouldn't you put it in prime time? Yeah, two bigger markets, Dallas and Houston, Philadelphia and Arizona. Arizona kills it for everybody. There was actually a real compelling team playing the Phillies. We might be in prime time, like if it was the Dodgers. All right, uh, let's find out what's on tap for the Dawn Show, which is nine minutes out this morning. What do we got lined up today? Yeah, we'll talk about this controversial little Me Too 
not settlement that apparently uh, was made and signed under the approval of Governor Josh Shapiro with a woman who had claimed sexual harassment. So we'll we'll discuss that because, again, it's it just illustrates how the media, you know, when it's Kavanaugh or it's somebody who's considered a conservative, the Me Too movement is all over the media. Mm-hmm. But when somebody signs a nondisclosure agreement and it involves, you know, a high-profile person who was the governor's right-hand person, it's no problem. Okay. So we'll talk about that one. Um, right off the, after we update the, the very latest on the breaking news, there's some developments that I always want to update off the top of the 10. But then we'll talk to the Delaware County District Attorney candidate. It's Beth Stefanide. So the latest controversy, and I, I was, I had uh, bro- broken the story last week as far as the antics that are going on in Delco. Okay. So we'll get to the bottom of that. And then 11 o'clock, Terry Tracy, president and CEO of Broad and Liberty. He's just a great interview because he has such inside information. He's talking to everybody and and really looking at the big picture. Mm -hmm. You think about today's the last day, by the way, that you can make sure that you register to vote for Pennsylvania's November 7th. So everybody get out there and make sure you register. But talk to Terry Tracy, just looking out and his, um, you know, what he predicts for the future, what he sees as we near about almost two weeks to Election Day here. Okay, very good. Dawn Show coming up at 10 o'clock this morning. Greg Stocker, let's wrap it up with who won Twitter today. Who won Twitter? In response to Taylor Swift and the stands yesterday, uh, will Kelsey be wearing bright red lipstick next week? (laughs) James Baginski writes that. So I... Yeah, I'm exhausted by that story. I am too, but uh, the nation seems to love it. I know, I know. I was getting tweets all weekend from other other media people that don't do what I do for a living, saying, well, I don't see what the big deal is. Well, of course you don't. You never will. Uh, but anywho, not my battle to fight anymore, uh, but I am trying to win back my money. I feel like Ben Stein from Win Ben Stein's Money. I'm yeah. just giving it away. Yeah, you still well, owe Dawn 40. You're, you're, you're on the table owing Dawn 40 right, okay. right now. So. Well, so it's in the house kitty. That's, that's true. in the house kitty. Right, that's right. We keep it in the hopper, so yeah. to speak. Uh, What's the house kitty? It's like the little pot. No, the little pot. Yeah. Okay. It's like you know, you just, it's like a rollover fund. We just keep it going no, to the end of the year. Yeah, I know. I get it. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go Phillies tonight. It doesn't matter what the line is. The Aaron Nola is a minus 190 favorite. So you almost have to bet two to one. Uh, I'll go Phillies for the win. I like the under tonight of eight runs. Ooh. I think this will be low. I feel like in elimination games, people get a little tight, a little tense, yep. conservative, not so much. Uh, not a lot of offense. Give me the Phillies three to one tonight to beat wow. the Diamondbacks. Three one. All right. I'm going to go the over. I don't think it's gonna, even going to be close. Okay. I think uh, the Phillies are going to win eight to three tonight. I think. It's going to be a blowout. Okay, Dawn. Okay, so I'll take the I'll I'll take this. I just have this weird feeling, and maybe because tomorrow is my mom's actually her birthday. Oh, it is it. I have this f- weird feeling that we're going to clinch the World Series to the World Series ticket tomorrow. Oh, not, I think something's uh, going to happen. Okay, so, I have this weird vibe. Dawn is taking the D back. Something's going to something weird's going to happen tonight. But I think we do win tomorrow. Okay. But I think they're going to take us to Game Seven. Wow. We win it at home, this is and good. then I like this. boom. This we... is a... three separate. I like but that. You notice she she didn't say the Phillies lose. I'm she not going to say that. Yeah, she's like Mayorkas with the word crisis at the border. <laughs> she won't say I that. I can't word. say those words. Uh huh. I'm just saying something weird and surprising. It's going to happen, and so, but we still tomorrow in Game Seven. We dominate, 
and then we go to the World Series starting on Friday. Yeah, I'm always down for a Game 7. Two best words in sports. But when does my team they get a little, uh, I little, a little agitated? All right, That's so, my feeling. All right, Dawn taking the D-backs. It's Greg. like a psychic thing because I know nothing about anything with sports. It's just like... Which means you'll probably be right and Greg and I look like the two <laughs> schmucks here. Greg taking the Phillies 8-3 to three, and uh, Nick taking the Phillies 3-1. to one. That's correct. Uh, I have the over with the, eight, uh, with the eight points and you have the under. That's with correct. The points, so... All right. We're all taking something different. I like this. How about that? Who's I hope gonna... I'm wrong. So, so Dawn, you understand? Oh, well, no. You're going to... So, who... She owes you 40. Or no, you I owe her, her 40. 40. If, I, if, I, if I'm correct, it's down to 20. I knock okay. off 20 bucks off of my deficit. Gotcha. 20 bucks a game. Well, we both have to pay her. Well, that's... Okay, yeah. Just yes, put we it... Would. We'll put it in the pot. Yeah. We'll keep it there. And then give it to... In March, we'll give it to Travis Mannion anyway. Oh, there, yeah, we, there we, we go. go. Look at that. All right, my gambling fund's going to a good cause. I can live with that. It's better than right going off. to Nunzio. <laughs> All right. That'll do it for us here on this Monday morning. Stay tuned. The Dawn Show is coming up next. Have a great rest of your Monday, and we will see you tomorrow morning at 6 o'clock. Good night, everybody. Start your day with Kale and Company. Weekday mornings, 6 till 10. On Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the free Odyssey app.